The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 115 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rapier. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. A few items of housekeeping before we jump into uh, this week's conversation. First of all, I want to thank some people for some great reviews they left us. Uh, I want to thank Brittany Manning uh, for your recommendation on Facebook. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. And I would also like to thank Kaylee Joy 20 for your review, your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, it just helps us to be found and it helps other people to hear these amazing conversations. So thank you so much. We truly appreciate it. Another item of housekeeping, we are quickly coming up on December. Can you believe it? It is coming up so fast. And we always take a break in December, so we'll be doing that again. We will have uh, no episodes on the 23rd of December, the 30th, or the 6th of January. That'll be a little break. I always miss it when we're on break, but it's nice to have that little time uh, during Christmas and New Year. So remember, no episodes that time. And then the last bit of business that we have. Uh, During this week's conversation, Lisa uh, tells us about her daughter's cookie company, and we didn't have the website uh, at the time. And the best way for you to find them, by the way, I'll just say now, spoiler alert, Lisa brought me some cookies from her daughter's cookies company. It is. They were like the best cookies I think I've ever had in my entire life. It's called Mama's Cookie Company, M-A-M-A, Mama's Cookie Company. And it really is a mama. It's a a young mom of twins who started up this this company. And I kid you not, I think they were the best chocolate chip cookie. I should say it was, because even though Lisa brought me three, I've got teenagers in the house. But I did get to have one, and there was a cheesecake And oh gosh, so good. The best way to find them is to go to Facebook or to Instagram and just search for Mama's Cookie Company. Again, Mama spelled M-A-M-A, Mama's Cookie Company. And you can send them a direct message. They're finishing up their website right now, but you can send them a message and order cookies. And with the holidays coming up, I highly recommend, please go check out Mama's Cookie Company, order some cookies for yourself or for a friend, and let them know you heard about about their company here on the show. All right, this week in the conversation, my guest, Lisa Hatch, one of my favorite people in the world. I've known Lisa for a while, and we've done a lot of business together, and she is just an amazing person with such a triumphant story. I'm so excited for you to hear just she's just a vibrant soul and it's kind of been fun ever since we announced on Friday that she is the guest we've had so many comments of i love lisa lisa's the best it's she just has her own fan club everywhere she goes she is just awesome and this week in my latter day life i'll tell you about a horrible experience that turned out to be an incredible blessing it's all coming up so sit back relax and enjoy this week's conversation.
And this week, right here in the Latter-day Live studios, there are people that you meet in life that you just become friends with, and every time you see them, you realize how blessed you are, and that is this person for me, Lisa Hatch. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's The pleasure is mine to be here. I am so excited, <laughs> and it's just like you said, we haven't seen each other for a while. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. it's just like, you know... Yeah. Right here. I don't know your whole backstory, Lisa. So uh. <laughs> we're going to get into it now. I'm going to learn some more things about you. All the time we spent together, I don't know a ton about your life growing yeah, well, up. Well, we were busy taking pictures with, you know, Joe yeah. Rivers, you know, that I'm, was our that was our life. That's a tease. We do have a picture of me, Lisa, and Joan Rivers. That's I'll true. have to share that on the uh, on the Facebook page <laughs> at some point or on Instagram. But let's go back. Tell tell me uh, tell us where you're from. Okay, so I am a, a dairy farm girl. There's a difference between farm girl and dairy farm girl. You're a dairy farm I'm girl? I'm a dairy farm girl. I would have never in a million years guessed that. Most people don't, and it gets better. I'm from Franklin, Idaho, population 202, growing up. This is all shocking, and I have to interrupt <laughs> because if you knew Lisa, I always, and I told you this when you walked in, Lisa, you're one of the most put together. Every time I see you, uh, your makeup, your hair, your outfits, everything is perfect. <laughs> like you just walked off the, the cover of a magazine. Well, thank you. You know, a good can of hairspray will get you that real quick. <laughs> but I can't Hairspray picture, and lipstick, you got it made. I can't picture you in a dairy farm, but okay, I'm uh, with you. Dairy farm, Franklin, Idaho, gets better. I graduated from Preston High School. Do you know what happened in Preston High School? No. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I graduated no from Preston High School. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And the sad thing is I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite, but what? I know. And my family oh. farm is in it, I, from what I hear, and some of my nephews, but I haven't seen it. One of the funniest movies ever made. Yeah, that is a, a cultural classic. <laughs> so you grew up in Idaho. Yeah. Now, are your family members of the church? Born and raised. Yeah, yeah born whole and raised. Life. Yeah, whole life. Yeah. Frank How many Idaho. siblings do you have? There's seven of us. And I actually have a brother that still lives in Franklin, and he is the mayor of Franklin, Idaho. No it's, kidding. Uh, it's a little bit like Mayberry RFD. That you know? is so awesome. <laughs> and he does a great job. And he says, I'm the only person I know that does not vote for myself. And I beg people not to vote for me. And here I am still. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so classic small town. <laughs> yeah. So growing up in Franklin, I'm guessing kind of everybody knew everybody. Is that is it that everybody. kind of community? You knew every story of every person. And what a cool place to grow mm -hmm. up. So, so tell us about Lisa Hatch growing up. What were you into <laughs> on the dairy farm? Well, my dad and my grandpa were um, a little bit, girls couldn't milk the cows, you know, that was a very boy's old job. fashioned. Yeah, very yeah. old fashioned. And so on any given day, I would love to milk the cows because they're in a nice heated barn. Mm -hmm. So no, the girls couldn't do that, but we could sure go out in the and, and get the cows and slop, slop them into the place and feed them and go out and feed the calves and, you know, do all this stuff. And I'm like, let me, let me just go in and milk the cows. Okay. <laughs> Make the boys get out here. But that was our life. We had a one acre garden. We hoed it with the tractor. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, it, it was nuts. I mean, we, we raised our own feed for the cows. We had about a 200 cow dairy. That is amazing. It was nuts. But my dad married um, a city girl. He met her at BYU. She was mm. from Phoenix, Arizona. Her parents died of shock when she came home and said, I'm going to marry a farmer from Idaho. 
because they had aspirations for her, you know, like you could be married to the president of the United yeah. States or something. So my mom and dad had a deal that if they had girls, and especially girls, but all their kids, but especially yeah. girls on the farm, they would be given an opportunity to do something other than feed the calves, you know. Mm. And so we, my sisters and I had to do piano lessons, singing lessons, That's you know, awesome. everything to try to get us a little bit of culture. What were you into? Like, what was your passion I, as a teenager? I like? would say piano and trying to figure out somehow to go somewhere that didn't smell like cow manure 24-7. <laughs> that, was a, that was a legitimate goal. I just... Did just, you go nose blind to it? Like, did you No, not? never. I, I mm-hmm. worked selling photography services, sounds crazy, but to dairy farms. <laughs> For about a year. Really? Yeah, these guys did aerial photography. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I okay. would, I was their salesman. It was one of my first sales jobs. Wow, you've had it quite almost a career. It kicked of... me out of <laughs> wanting to do sales. However, I couldn't do it anymore after a while because I felt like my car, mm-hmm. my clothes, everything, everything, that is a strong smell. Yeah, it goes DNA deep. As soon as you're there, it's just like, you know how you eat garlic and you, you, can't, you can't lose it for weeks? <laughs> Cow manure stays for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's special then of your mom not having grown up with that to mm-hmm. be able to, to tolerate. It's a lot of mud and a lot of not good smells. <laughs> Yeah, but so you were into piano and and what else in high school were you? Yeah, into- you know when you come from a high school that's so small, you know you you really do a lot of things. You get the opportunity to um, do a lot of things. So that makes sense. Chorus or choir? I would I played for the choirs. My first my first calling in the church. You'll love this. I was twelve years old, and it was as ward choir pianist. <laughs> what at twelve? At twelve years old, yeah. So you yeah. must be pretty accomplished. Well, or they're pretty desperate, you know, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) What it came down to at that point was my piano teacher was also the choir director. So, you know, I think she wanted to make me practice. She wanted to show off. No, she wanted to make me practice. And it's advertising, too. (laughs) She can walk around and pass out cards. If you enjoyed today's hymn, (laughs) give me a call. You know, your child, too, could be the chorister in the Franklin Ward. So... Oh, that's so funny, Lisa. That's awesome. So you grow up, it's time to graduate. What came next? What came after graduating? I left within days of graduating at Preston High. That was it. To come down to BYU. And um, I got down here and I thought, well, you know, I. Piano's kind of my thing. Mm. I'll just be a piano major at BYU. I just didn't really give it a ton of thought beyond that because it's just what I did, you know. And came to the Y and was a piano performance major for, I don't know, a year and a half before. One day I finally went, hmm. So at the end of four years and at the end of practicing for four hours every day in the basement of the Harris Fine Arts Center, I will have a a piece of paper that says, congratulations, you played the piano. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard a piano degree described that way, but you're right. Well, it's basically, well, even if I'd done pedagogy or something, but no, I, I was in piano performance. And then I started thinking, okay, so piano performance means what? Does that mean I have to be like a concert pianist and then I'll travel and then how's that going to, but I do want a family someday. So how's that going to work? So it really didn't. So I switched majors to business and kept piano as a minor. Awesome. You know, yeah. How long were you at the Y? 
not long enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my my one of my big regrets in life is not finishing there. But mm. that some guy swooped in and you know classic BYU story. Classic Here it BYU goes. and I thought, "Oh, I'll put him through school," you know. So did that. But I how, how much schooling did you finish when you met your husband? 2 years, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, right in there. And then you never went back. Mm-mm. Did you guys get married pretty quickly? Yes, we did. And then we got unmarried pretty quickly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how long were you guys married? Six months. Six months. Mm -hmm. So now you have some time that you've been able to look back on that. Yeah. What, 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 give us your thoughts of that. Well, it, it was interesting because, you know, when you grow up in, I don't know, and I mean this as a compliment, a Disneyland mentality world where, yeah. you know, if you you save yourself for the temple and you meet Prince Charming and you get married in the temple, then everything is happily ever after, you know? And then when that doesn't happen and it, there's, oh, you mean there's a part B to a story? <laughs> this yeah. doesn't always happen this way. So I was naive, you know, honestly, I was naive. And so after we got married, in fact, the day we got married, um, on the way from the temple to our wedding breakfast, he told me that he didn't believe in the church and that this was just all kind of a sham. And I just kind of looked at him and he said, what? <laughs> what? On the way, you left the temple. Yeah. And he said, I don't, I'm not into this. I'm not buying this. I think his exact words were, I hope you know I don't believe all this expletive. And I said, What? Lisa, I, I, so, so talk about extremes. You're coming from romanticizing, mm-hmm. which by the way, we all did. I mean, that's not uncommon, I think. And people sometimes think that that's a female thing. No, men do it too. We're going to have this. Oh, I'm glad to hear amazing, that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then reality kicks in and kind of kicks your butt, but not to that level. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been very fortunate that, you know, I have a spouse who has stayed active. But I think that, you know, you expect trials somewhat. Mm -hmm. You don't expect to be driving away from your wedding in the temple, Mm -hmm. your ceiling, (laughs) to hear, I don't believe any of this bleep. I know. And you know what? I haven't haven't thought about that for so long that it's kind of not even part of my life. So I really want to thank you, Sean, for going back to that place where I don't even think about. (laughs) Way to stir that up. I hope you sleep well tonight. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Lisa. (laughs) You know what? Six months. Was it it hard? Because, you know, we've had a lot of guests who have been through divorce. Mm -hmm. And there's something that makes people feel unfairly like divorce, the marriage equals success, ergo, Mm -hmm. divorce equals failure. Mm -hmm. And I can't. I can't do that. There's the culture and the pressure and the how will I tell people and all those other things. Did you go through that or was it just for years. so wrong? No, for really? years. And I would walk into church and I literally felt like I had a scarlet D on my forehead. It was just, oh, Lisa, it, it, it's, heartbreaking. it's a strange place to be. And especially then after that, I went back to Provo. And so here are all these, you know, this life you had before and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm... I'm, I'm the back. divorcee in the corner, oh. you know. So it, it was it was tough, and you know i I don't recommend it. But I will say that I don't know that I've had a growth period in my life more mm. than that period. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So 
So the six-month marriage mm-hmm. is over. Mm-hmm. You got to pick up the pieces. That would be, I mean, that shows incredible strength going back to BYU and diving back into things. Well, it wasn't back to BYU. Here, Just here's back what to happened. Provo. Okay. I went back to Provo. My family had um, moved back, had moved there. You know, mm. my um, dad had sold the farm at that point, and they'd gone down there. So I went back down there, and that's where my my base was. You know, yeah, my friends makes sense. And my dad was starting a business down there, and so I just I just yeah, went just back to help with back that. to living in Provo. Yeah, and then was working there when all of a sudden and had planned to go back to the Y, you know. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, I got this really strange job offer, and I just thought, well, why not? You know, tell us about the job. <laughs> So a friend of mine was the bass player for Marie Osmond, and he kept trying to talk us into going to his shows and, you know, everything. And I, I mean, I was aware of the Osmonds growing up for sure. Of course. But in Franklin, Idaho, you know, we didn't eat, drink, and sleep entertainment of any kind, Uh, you know. And so... um, We have younger listeners. We need to remind you, there was no internet. Back in our day, yeah. there was no... Three so, I mean, channels. Yeah, you had a, a couple channels of television and records. Yeah. So he invites you to these shows. Yeah. We finally said yes. So I went to the... They had one in the San Diego Wild Animal Park, and I thought, well, we're going to go to San Diego. And I went there, and um, it was interesting because we went to the show, and then afterwards, he wanted me to come up and meet Marie. Well, I later found out, and I love this guy. He, I just love him, but... He had kind of let people think that I was his date, which I was not, but, <laughs> but I was treated as it once I met them all. So we, we had a ball. I met Marie. I met her manager, Carl Ingeman, who is you know one of the greatest men to walk planet Earth. But I remember instantly connecting to Marie in such an odd way mm. because she had just separated from, yep. from Steve for, you know... And of course, I had just gone through what I had gone through. Yeah. And I just instantly recognized the pain in her eyes. Mm. And I said to to my friend Rob, and Rob Honey, he's 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 an amazing writer. He's a music extra, musician mm. extraordinaire. But I said, oh, it's so hard to see her because of the pain. And he was like, what? What pain? What? What do you see? And I'm like, oh, look at her eyes. You know. Wow. And we just connected. And then two weeks later, I got a call from her manager, Carl. And he said, I don't know if you remember me, but, you know, Marie just kind of connected with you and wondered if you wanted to come in and <laughs> talk to talk to us about maybe working with her. And and I remember saying to Carl, which was, I'm, I wish I could get embarrassed over things like this. I need to get more embarrassed in my life for saying dumb <laughs> no, things. No, don't ever do that. No. <laughs> because I do it so often. But I remember saying, well, what would I do? Make nail appointments all day? What does she do? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know what she does. <laughs> That is awesome. It was so dumb. Oh, that's hilarious. But anyway, so long story short, I started that. It was it was in May, and I started working. And what started as just come out and travel with Marie and help her with her wardrobe and be her travel assistant turned into a 23-year career. And yeah. I ended up running her doll line and being on the management team for her. So, in fact, yeah. the nameplate on my desk said... VP of stuff. <laughs> that was about it. So obviously you look most like Linda Carter, but <laughs> that's from a conversation we were having earlier. He obviously you, doesn't have the truth lasso you, you now. Do kind of, you do. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny is you always remind me of Marie. 
Like, oh, is that right? You have a lot of I don't know. There's some there's there's <laughs> there's something about you that that you know that that reminds me of Marie sometimes. Hmm. So. Well, so thank uh, you. So over the years, what are some of the like? Are there some memories of working with Marie that stand out? Oh boy, we have we have traveled the world together. I I mean it's it was just the craziest thing. I it's. I'm trying to pick one thing out of our uh, out of my head. One one of the things we did a lot was uh, go to QVC, which is yeah. back in Philadelphia, and because we sold her dolls on there. And some of the crazy things we did at QVC. I remember one time we flew in and we were going to debut this great this new doll line, and it was called the Beauty Bug Ball Collection. And so we had our daughters, which we often did because we traveled so much that we'd take kids with us on the road, you know. So it was always an entourage going yeah. around. And we had our daughters, they were going to do this big runway show live on QVC, and everything at QVC is live, you know. Yep. They don't tape anything there. Yeah. <laughs> so we had it all set up. We're getting ready for this big, big launch. And it was a couple of hours before the show. And the box that we had shipped to QVC with all of their beautiful costumes that matched the costumes, you know, that the dolls, oh, the dolls had on, yeah. that we had paid a lady to make for us came and all she had done was cut everything out. Nothing was made. And we were oh, two no. hours to, to live. And <laughs> what? So our green room turned into, um, we ran backstage at QVC. They'd been selling a sewing machine. We grabbed that. We got <laughs> duct tape. <laughs> we got glue sticks. We got staples. We selling a sewing machine. <laughs> we'll take that. Thank you. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll need two of them. <laughs> Um, and we just, like a house of fire, put uh, those things together. And so when the girls went out, it this, this was it. You girls look beautiful in the front. Don't turn. <laughs> Don't let the camera see behind the dress because it was like cinched and yeah, just taped. stapled and oh, taped. And, that's hilarious. Yeah, fun, fun times. Just fun. Yeah. So going back a mm-hmm. little bit, you alluded to your daughter. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're working with Marie. Mm-hmm. At some point, remarried? Yes, Marie remarried, and then I uh, got remarried. So we kind of, our lives kind of patterned that yeah. way. And I did, I got remarried. And So tell us about that. How'd you meet your second husband? Um, he he actually lived at one of the complexes I lived in Provo. Mm. I met him that way. Yeah. And, um, and ended up having two children. I have my daughter, Lex, who's in her... 20s. I hate to even give their ages because it really shows how old I am. And I had them when I was old. So, oh boy. And then I have a son who's 20 something also. Yeah. They're in their 20s, young 20s. Yeah. 20 ish. Yeah. 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 That's good. No, it's good. I had them when I was five. So (laughs) you've got everything, everything's kind of rocking. You've got this career with Marie. Mm -hmm. You're going to QVC, you're going to appearances with her and stuff, Mm -hmm. and traveling and having fun. As well, you've got the husband at home and the kids. Mm-hmm. And then things take some turns, as do, life do, does. Do. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Then I ended up with the second Scarlet D on my forehead. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. I wish I could be that person that just comes here and gives you the glowing, you know. No but, one wants to hear it. Yeah. You know, I'm being honest. No one wants to hear that. Okay. People need to hear this. Well, so let's it's, talk about it's it. It's very real. We were married about 14 years. And, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it just, 
wasn't there. Just stopped working. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It, yeah, it did. Kind of with an exclamation point, and it was kind of sad. But it, you know, I'm not a proponent of divorce, unfortunately. You wouldn't guess that from my story, but but um, it was sad, you know, and I, I, that's a decision that you make very carefully and very prayerfully. Yeah. And that's what it came to for me. And so, yeah, I became a single mom with, you know, two younger kids and we just How old forward. roughly were the kids when you got your divorce? My son, I believe, was six going on seven, which yeah. would have made my daughter around nine or 10. You had little kids. Mm-hmm. How hard was it to come to that decision? It took years. Yeah. Took so you years knew for years that mm-hmm. this was not working and was over. Yeah. If somebody's going through these struggles right now, what, looking back now, having some years to look back on it, what advice would you give? Cling to the gospel. Mm. Cling to covenants. Cling to purpose in life. Um, oof. Cling to the fact that there is a plan, and it this moment right now that just seems like it's impossible yeah. is not going to be this forever, and there is an eternal plan, and that's literally what got, mm. got us through, you know, it... Um, Without without that and family, I, I I have incredible family support, and I know not yeah. everyone has that. But you do have a gospel family, and that was key critical for us. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important too to note the gospel applies. The proclamation of the family applies. You're still a family. Mm-hmm. You know, people kind of get this idea that we're either A or we're B. We might be. A B A minus mm-hmm. <laughs> B plus B. We're all. In, it's just. It's just different. That, that's so true, and it's important to let your children know that too, because yeah. they already feel outcast. They already feel different. They already, mm. you know, uh, they feel those things, and so it's really important to let them know that no, we're. This is still us. We're a family, and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get through this, and we're going to awesome. make it. Mm-hmm. So, how was it going back into single life? I hated with kids? it. Yeah, yeah. I really kind of avoided it. Even to this day, I still do. And I've been divorced for a long time. Um, the single scene is just not mine. You know, I my life is so full with everything else I'm mm. doing that that really is my significant other. You, yeah. you know, uh, and, but and not you everyone's keep that way. Plenty busy. You definitely keep yourself plenty <laughs> busy. So you've got a lot of a lot of projects at all times. But well, you- let, let, let me tell you, just to, to, to give you a for instance. So when I finally made the decision for the divorce, at the time I was serving as the um, the primary president in our ward, and my bishop called me in, and I had just made this decision, you know, and I, I had actually just said to my husband, you know, I, it's time, and and he was just getting ready to move out. Well, I got called in by my bishop that week, mm. and and I'd been serving as the primary president for like three and a half years at that point, and so I thought, oh, I'm finally getting released, you know. And he said, Lisa, I got to talk to you about about something, and I said, okay. And I was just about ready to tell him what was going on in my life, you know. <laughs> and he said, um, well, we are going to go ahead and release you. I thought I thought that's what it was, Bishop. Mm. And he said, and we're going to call you to a new calling. And, I thought, oh, I better hurry and tell him what's going on. He goes, would like to have you be the Relief Society president. And I went, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and 
I said, Bishop, here's why that makes no sense. And I told him what was going on in my life. And he goes, I'm scratching my head too. He goes, I, the Lord, you know, I've been wrestling with the Lord on this one. And I said, well, go back and talk to him again because... Try to wrestle some more. <laughs> wrestle. <laughs> don't tap Keep out. Wrestling. Come on. Don't tap out. <laughs> Bishop, don't tap out. Keep wrestling. Uh, but oh, but when you hilarious. asked me earlier what it was, so that in and of itself, even though it took every ounce of hearing my parents in my head from when I was a little kid saying, you never say no to the Lord. That's the only reason I said yes to that. And mm. what it turned out to be was one of the most incredible blessings because on a, on a daily basis, as I was serving as the Relief Society president, going through a separation and a divorce and you know everything, um, I would come home and I'd be so grateful for just my tiny little problems because on a daily basis, I'd yeah. see people who were struggling more. Mm. And it really was a blessing for me and my children to have that calling. And, and we served together. So. What a great outlook. And what a cool opportunity for your ward to see someone going through real things and still being their leader. I mean, that's what the church is. Yeah. Well, we don't always see it in our leaders. We don't always get a chance to see it so publicly. There's no way to have a quiet divorce. No, they got a front row seat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just no way to do it. Yeah. You know, you can't every week say, oh, yeah, he's in the bathroom. But it's <laughs> exactly. one week he's there, the next week he's not, you know. Yeah. So, oh, Lisa, that's amazing. How long did you uh, serve as Relief Society president at that point? Well, that time, uh, I, I think it was about three years. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was a sheer blessing. That, it, is awesome. that was for me. I don't know that anybody else got served, but my children and I did. No, I know you well enough to know everybody got served well, but <laughs> well, that's awesome. And you mentioned that uh, that your time with uh, Marie, that, that was 23 years. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd be there forever, honestly. You know, yeah. you put 23 years into something and we were best friends. And it just, it just came to a point where I just knew it was time. And I needed to move on and, and do that. And it was a very, very, very difficult decision. Yeah. But it was one that I made and, you know, don't regret yeah. looking back, you know. But, yeah. but so grateful for that time that I had. I, I learned so much. I grew so much. I experienced so much through that. And, and um, through that experience, have some of my lifelong friends, you know, that we work together in that capacity. So Yeah. It's awesome. Well, and it obviously gave you a killer skill set. Was it a little bit daunting? I mean, if you look back eight years, you've got kids who are about to be adults. Mm -hmm. You've got, uh, you know, everything changing. Mm -hmm. And your career that you've had for so long now is changing. What came next? Well, that was, I, it was crazy because I had no plan. It wasn't like, oh, I have this and I'm going, going to jump to it. I didn't have that. I just mm. knew that it was time to move on yeah. and just had a boatload of faith that figure it out somehow, you know? That's awesome. Um, so, but what ended up happening was because I had worked so much with Marie and her doll line at QVC and knew all the intricacies there, I started my own business, you know, from the ground up of helping other people take their brands and their products and get on QVC and other e-tail channels. Yeah. QVC is a wild experience. <laughs> you know well. <laughs> I So, yeah, we should let the audience in on that. That's how we know each yes. other. You were friends with uh, one of my business partners, mm -hmm. uh, the CEO of our company, 
who in and of himself could be 10 episodes of this podcast. Oh, it's so he's, true. He's a fascinating guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you and I met because we got a product, a speaker, which I think is funny is there's one sitting right in front of us. Uh, we had started a speaker company and we ended up going to QVC. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a spectacular thing. So Lisa and I got to travel uh, together mm-hmm. out to Pennsylvania and put this thing on air, which was so fun. I, well, sometimes it was fun. Other times just stress. But. Oh, it, it, it's a high stress proposition. That yeah. it, it, there's QVC is is just like retail on speed. You know, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just like you know in a minute if it's a success there mm-hmm. or if it's a failure, and it's a wild and crazy swing. You know, because you usually end up experiencing both. Well, and we were we were fortunate. We were the we were the uh, item of the day. Okay, uh, okay, you can sit there and be humble for a second. Let me let me take the mic here. <laughs> These guys created a product that was so groundbreaking. Yeah, it and was. It really was. It was. Yeah. And they did it right. They had this thing, and so when we took it to QVC. They have what they call today's special value yeah, on TSV. TSV. Yeah. And they buy deep into it and they sell it all day long. And never in all the years I had been at QVC had I ever seen a company or a product come on and get a TSV their first time. We got on it air. the first meeting. I didn't even know what a TSV was. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I haven't, I've never seen it and I've never seen it since. Yeah, that was so, amazing. What's funny is we got to do it three times. I got to be mm-hmm. there all three times that we were. And when you're today's special value, you're there for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Well, more than more than that. Hours, yeah. yeah, you're probably there about 30 hours. Mm-hmm. You sleep 45 minutes here and there, if that. If you're lucky, you're representing products. You're taking brands out to QVC. You mm-hmm. have deep relationships there. Mm-hmm. I always loved walking around with you there because you knew everybody. Out at <laughs> well, QVC. when you're there for so long, you know, and you have as big a hair as I do, you kind of get. <laughs> People see you and they go, oh, here she comes. Here comes the Idaho farm girl. <laughs> no, it was it was really fun. But we would have never, ever gotten in without you. I mean, well, your, you. your support and your help was so valuable. But a crazy place. It's unbelievable. And it keeps running 24 yeah. hours a day. Never. So well, only on Christmas Day do they ever that's right. close yeah. down. And I was not the on-air talent. A friend of ours was. You should have been on-air. Yeah, we debated I, this a lot. Y- you guys all asked me to, and I yeah. just didn't feel like I should do it. I wanted to run the business part of things. But we did a music video. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? We did Call Me Maybe. Yes. And Can you believe we got the license for that? That was amazing. I, 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 uh, that was such a get. And I, I got to shocked. dance in the background. <laughs> So I'm on QVC for about 10 seconds, like sliding across a table with Rick. Domeyer. Yeah, Rick yeah. Domeyer, yeah. Anyway, yeah. QVC is an amazing animal. So you're doing all this stuff, and you are, again, just busy with But you with forgot all to things. tell them. You've got to finish the teas. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're finishing up mm-hmm. our Today's Special Value, and we find out that Joan Rivers is in the dressing room next to ours, mm-hmm. like literally directly next to ours. <laughs> we started talking to some of her people and we said, hey, we got these speakers. We'd love to give one to Joan. <laughs> and Joan Rivers, may she rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I sure do. Yeah, she yeah. came out and we took a picture with her and in gave the, her a in speaker. In the halls of QVC, yeah. there's our picture. Yeah, I have to post that picture. That was such a fun... <laughs> And when you look back at it, what a surreal thing. You know, we're on no sleep, mm-hmm. 
after having been there for 20 hours, and suddenly we're in a hallway giving John to Jones Rivers. It's like you're drinking from a fire hydrant at yeah. QBC at all times, especially on a TSV day. Yeah, what a bizarre thing. Mm-hmm. Well, this all leads up to, is there anything major you want to talk about in between, or can we jump into your we'll project jump. now? We'll jump, yeah. Let's get into this, okay. because I need to know how, if one lash brush is good... <laughs> Two lash brushes are just that much better. Tell us about your current project. Okay, and now all of a sudden, I'm I'm. There are some things that came in between this, but okay. it, it leads into the story, Let's so I'll it. be brief. No, no, put it all out there. Okay, so um, so as I was building this business in bringing things out, it's called Brand Connect, and I was helping people get on QVC and really getting traction with that. You know, it was it was a good deal, and I thought, okay, this is really good, and I love doing this. I like being behind the scenes like that. Um, and that was building. And then, and then, um, well, life happened really. It, but before I did that, I did, I did have this idea for this, and I'll, I'll start there, this one, one brush mascara. I was sitting there getting ready for a meeting one day. I was running late. And Sean, if you've ever done this, or if you've ever seen your wife apply mascara. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've seen, I've got a wife and three daughters. So, so. you know how long it takes to apply mascara. You probably waited for them. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And I was so frustrated because I'm trying to throw mascara on. And I'm like, I literally threw my hands in the air. I went, oh, why hasn't someone just created a mascara brush that has two brushes? They hug your lash, boom, 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 you're done. And I thought, oh. Well, I wonder why someone hasn't done that. So I missed my meeting because I was so fascinated with it. I went and hit the, the USTPO site to see if anybody patented it, and they hadn't. And I thought, it can't be that easy. So then I like, cleared my kitchen table. I went out and got hundreds of tubes of mascara and started dissecting them to figure out how do they work, what goes on, how can it work better? You don't have a background in makeup, like of design. You've never designed makeup. You've never made makeup. I've never designed makeup. I grew up loving my Barbie Beauty Center in Franklin, <laughs> Idaho. All right, we'll count that. Okay, that counts. And you know, working with Marie for all those yeah, years, you know, working with the You're best around a lot music, of makeup. Or best music, best um, makeup artists in the world. You know, but it wasn't a business for you. No, no, no. This just came out of the blue. No, but I do have this OCD-ish fetish with efficiency products you know i I like things that make our lives more efficient and so i really i just i had my son's lab goggles on i had a dremel kit glue gun you know i felt like i was backstage at qvc i wish you had taken pictures of all that that's awesome (laughs) there may or may not be some somewhere uh but anyway long story short i finally came up with the solution of how this works and so then i i was just on that path when life happened. Yeah. And I, at the same point, I was, you know, still running as vendor rep for QVC. And then all of a sudden, my dad, who had been as healthy as an ox all of mm. his life, had the trifecta of illness. He had a pulmonary embolism, heart attack, and stroke Ugh. within a very short time. And he was living with me at that point. My mom had passed away. And, oh, jeez. And, um, and my dad didn't want to go into a care facility, and I didn't want that for him either, you yeah. know? And so um, he lived with me. He actually was put on hospice quite early in all this. Mm. But then he lived for two years on hospice. Never on went hospice. off hospice, yeah. But wow. but I became a full, or I needed to become a full-time yeah, yeah, caretaker. That's a full-time job. Yeah. 
And, and that was for me when I had to make that decision at that crossroads because I had this business growing, I had this invention, I had, you know, and it was the easiest and the hardest decision I've ever made. Mm, I bet. Yeah. And then, so I became full-time caretaker with, for my dad. And then about that same point, my son, who was on a mission for the church um, out in Ohio, He'd been out for 18 months, and I got a phone call from our state president, and he called me in, and he said, hey, um, you know, he's going to be coming home tomorrow. Mm. I went, what? Why? You know? Yeah. And he's such a gentle, giant kid. I knew it wasn't because of anything he'd done, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what? And they said, oh, he's, like, really incapacitated. He's catatonic. And I went, what? Yeah. How can this be, you know? And that was such a slam. I had no idea. Had know? there ever been any idea that this might happen? He, I know he struggles with some anxiety and social yeah. anxiety, but I, I didn't know anything that was going on. And they've, they've made some changes that yeah. have really helped in this way. Yeah. But um, so we, I went to the airport to pick him up and literally he couldn't speak. He couldn't communicate. Uh, we mm. had to get a wheelchair and wheel him out. They had to fly him home with an adult supervi- supervision. Um, and, and I just sat there like, here's my six foot seven son, giant, you know, of a man yeah. inside and out, and what's going on? And so then that, this was the time, you know, my dad was there. And so then I became a full-time caretaker times two. Yeah, for both. Yeah, yeah for both. And it really was... It's really been such a hard, hard yeah. thing. And I know so many people out there, I've talked to a lot of people who have had mm-hmm. their children who have come home from a mission early for yeah. such things. And it's one of the hardest, hardest things that you can go through. Um, we still deal with it. Uh, for the first year that he was home, he didn't really even step outside our home. He didn't even really go into multiple rooms in our home. It, he was very... He, he, well, he was catatonic, you know, and, oh, and it was so. such a hard thing. It was gut-wrenching. It really is gut-wrenching. Um, so anyway, all that, the, the invention got put to the side. Life got put to the side. You don't, ha- you don't deal with anything other than full-time caretaking, you know. Yeah. And I was glad to be there for them. Of course. But it was a very, very hard period of yeah. our lives. So when did the shift come that allowed you to focus back well, on? here's the thing. You know, when life closes a door, God opens a window, and I don't know how many times in my life that's happened, mm-hmm. a lot. But while I was at home with my with my father and my son, I thought, I've, you know, I've got to do something. You know, I, I you know, in every way. But, you know, I have to plan for a future. I'm a single mom financially and in every other way. Yeah. What am I going to do? And so I thought, well, I can keep working on this this invention while I'm home, but I knew I needed some more skills to do that. And so I took to online courses through uh, Coursera. And I thought, that was amazing. Well, I thought, what am I going to need to do when I can do this? And I just mapped it out. I thought, I need to know more about inventing, entrepreneurship, about funding, about all of these things. And so I just started taking classes at night when everybody was in bed. 
And I actually ended up getting my um, an online certificate degree from Wharton. <laughs> Crazy. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. Business foundations. And I got to do, uh, I, I got several classes from Northwestern. I got another certification from them. And then the thing that I really loved about the Wharton path was at the end, you got, you did a capstone project and you, and you could submit what you were working on to these Wharton professors for review. Wow. So for my capstone, I sent my invention and I said, here's where I am. I'd love your input. And I got this amazing review, you know, and all of this just because, you know, just trying to educate myself on what I needed to do to finish this thing. And so when it got to a point, um, my father passed away after Mm. a couple of years and so happy for him, you know? I mean, my mom passed away many years before. I was really happy for him. It's one of the joys of the gospel. It really is. You know what's next. Yep, it really is. And my son was still, you know, really struggling, but it was, okay, I can start working on this more, Mm -hmm. you know, and just getting it done. And so that's that's the story yeah so when i just that's amazing <laughs> lisa you know i'm what? like stumbling all over myself no, you know? you're, you're telling you great but what i love is that i think if you had been at a place to just jump in you would have missed out on all these learning opportunities mm-hmm. i never would have done it because you know i'm the type of person that if i had been working for someone else they would have gotten my hundred percent yeah with that that's just how i'm wired you know yeah, i that, know that that's, about you yeah. that's the farm thing you know right and so the only way that this happened is because i was sitting out of life at home mm. being a caretaker and that that's the window being open you know and yeah. the whole time i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna do this i don't know how i'm gonna do this and wow you know god was just saying we'll just follow the crumbs we'll get you there and so here we are mm-hmm. tell us about the product okay so I have bootstrapped this thing like crazy. To date, I put all of my resources into IP because it had to be patented. You know, it's in the cosmetic world and it just gets ripped off if it's not. sure. So to date, I have three U.S. patents issued. Issued? Issued, yeah, not pending. Wow. I have international patenting that just got issued. I have Canadian patent that's about ready to get issued. It's patent pending currently. And I have trademark issued. So uh, that was necessary, and then I thought, okay, and along the way, bootstrapping it, I created a prototype and then reiterated Uh. the prototype, did reiterations of it, and proved it, and yeah, you can't believe it. It actually works, you know? It actually works. I knew it would, though, because along the path, it's always felt like inspiration to me. I know I'm not smart enough to come up with that, you know? I don't buy that, but I do appreciate inspiration. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I believe you were inspired. I can see it. Yeah, I, it was an inspiration. It yeah. really was. And so now I've just launched a Kickstarter campaign to raise money. I, I need the final uh, tooling and production, and then we're ready to go to market. And along the way, I've had some beauty bigs, some of the biggest names in the globe of beauty, reach out to me, interested in licensing. I've flown back to New York and met with them a couple of times. But I just feel this need to just finish it, get the get the finished product in hand, and then make the decision if we're going to license it, if we're going to self-sell it, you know, I don't know. But 
That's where we are with it. So awesome. Tell us what the product is called. It's called Lash Duet. Lash Duet. Lash Duet. It's a great name. It's such (laughs) a good name. Music major. Yeah. (laughs) What else am I going to call it? Back in your music, Lash Duet. (laughs) Well, it's because it's got two brushes working together and they make one better. It really works. And here's what works about it. It's you you have the trifecta of what women want from their mascara. Volume, length, separation at the same time in less time. Sean, I did the math one day and I sat there going, okay, well, first of all, I sat out on the streets of Orem, Utah and I talked to women. They were going into their nail appointments, into the grocery, and I just said, tell me about your mascara experience. And they did. And I learned that it takes them between five and 15 minutes to apply mascara. No kidding? And, no, no kidding. Wow. And And it's legit. Across the board, that's what I heard. So I thought, okay, in my lifetime, and it takes me more than five minutes, but I said in five minutes, as old as I am, that means I've applied mascara over a thousand hours of my life. (laughs) A thousand. That's such a funny way to look at it. A thousand flipping hours. Yeah. If you could cut that down, why wouldn't you? I thought, because the crazy thing is, I'm not going to give it up. Women don't want to go without mascara. Without mascara, they just want to make it more efficient. Yeah. So that's what I'm giving women with two brushes. It is so much easier. You get vavoom on the double, but you get time back in your life. I, you know, Lisa, I have never seen you go halfway into anything, so it's kind of not surprising. <laughs> but I just love your passion for this, and it's so exciting. So. Uh, the Kickstarter is going on right now, right now, as of the airing of of this episode. As of the recording, mm-hmm. you're more than halfway there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but as of the airing, so if people want to check this brush out and mm-hmm. support it, and I assume there are rewards if you know they go and well, it's basically like pre-ordering the product. So yeah. if you come in and pre-order it for you or your you know someone, or even if you don't wear mascara. Just go on and order it anyway and just give it away to someone. But you pre-order the product on Kickstarter, and then we take the funds that we raised and get the production run ready. And when we have it, then you get it in months ahead, you know, months forward. So cool. And then I'm just waiting until I flip on the TV, flip through the channels. There's Lisa showing off Lash Duet on QVC. (laughs) I can just see it. You I can, can just come back to it. QVC with me when, when I sell it. And we can just, who knows who we'll see in the halls. We'll who take knows? another picture. We'll get photos. The, the pillow guy. <laughs> take pictures with the my pillow guy. <laughs> he couldn't have been nicer. He was a nice guy. Yeah, he is a nice guy. Oh, Lisa, and it's all come back around. And I just, I am so excited for you. I, we're going to get to wrap things up with the last question. But before we do, mm-hmm. you're not the only entrepreneur in your family. <laughs> You've passed this along to your daughter. Can we talk cookies? Yes. Can we just talk about (laughs) cookies for a minute? Thank you. My daughter, who, you know, she just is one of the most amazing humans ever, but she is a mom of twins who are miracle twins, by the way. They went through several rounds of Mm. IUI and IVF, and they got these twins, and they're almost two years old, and she just felt really compelled that she needed to do something that was her own, that she could, um, you know, just 
she just needed that thing. And so she started a company, Mama's Cookie Company, Mama's Cookie Co. Where on earth does she get this drive to just try things? <laughs> I will never know where she got her entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, my goodness. I don't know where she gets time. Mm. I she It makes me tired just watching her. But she just started this this thing. And so she goes to all the, the local farmers markets and you can order online from her and you know and you brought me some of these cookies tonight that I got to be honest I have wanted to cut this interview so short just so I can have a cookie because <laughs> they look amazing I mean they're gorgeous too they're well, like beautifully designed cookies hint hint Christmas present order some cookies if people want to order cookies from your daughter what's the website it's mama's cookie co and I always just text her and say, I need yes. more cookies. So now I'm embarrassed because I nope. should know we'll, this. We'll look it up and we'll share it at the beginning of the episode. Yep. So okay. our listeners have already heard it by now. So that's fine. Lisa, this has been the best. This has been so fun catching up and hearing parts of your story that I didn't know. Uh, we're going to wrap things up with the question that we ask all of our guests, okay. which is, what does being a member of the church mean to you? <sighs> wow. How to put that into a few words. If... Being a member of the church for me is purpose. Mm. It comes down to when you've been a single mom as long as I have been, and when you've had a lot of trials, which we've had in our life, and so many do. You know, it, yeah. you'd be hard pressed to find people who do not have hard things in their life. Sure. And you you start wondering, is this it? Is this all there is, really? Yeah. And the gospel answers the most important questions. It gives you a purpose. And then you think of, okay, in this life, what matters most to me? And it's family. And it makes no sense to me that there's a plan that doesn't involve being with them forever. Mm. And so for me, the gospel gives me reason to have purpose, to have hope. It helps me endure when life is really tough, and some days it is. And the gospel for me is, you know, I used to say the gospel was like a, one of the spindles on a chair, and, you know, if you only have three, you're unbalanced, and the fourth one balances. But I don't even think it's that anymore. I think for me, the gospel is more the the cushion that you put over the spindles, because that's what the purpose of, of the chairs of the leg, <laughs> the legs of the chair are. Yeah. And it's, that's the purpose, you know, I hate that change that <laughs> i love that are you kidding i don't know it, it's just it's just everything for me if i didn't have that i honestly don't know that i could make it through yeah and to be frank you know i look at my son right now who still is struggling and yeah. and my daughter who has things in her life and some days that's what you hang on to that there's something bigger, better, mm. and forever. And that's what the gospel is for me. Oh, Lisa, I love that. She is a mother. She is a primary president yet again. <laughs> she is an entrepreneur, and she is now a patented inventor. Lisa Hatch, thank you for being my friend, and thank you so much for sharing your Latter-day Life with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And my special thanks to Lisa Hatch for coming in and sharing her story. I absolutely love it. She is so faithful and so bright and just an awesome person. 
Thank you so much, Lisa. This week in my Latter-day Life, sitting down with Lisa actually reminded me of a few years ago when we were working together. You know, we launched this company I did with a, a couple of partners, and there was kind of one major investor, and then we were small. And I had gone to see a retailer to show him our products, and they loved it. They said, we want to buy 7,000 units of this to start. And I got so excited. And so we started making speakers for this retailer. And every day I was checking in with them. When are we going to get the actual purchase order? Because we had placed the order with our factory and we invested a lot of money. 7,000 units was a lot more than we were going to need. But we were counting on this business. And then the buyers changed at this particular retailer. And I got a call from the new buyer and they said, we are not going to buy these units. Sorry, we're canceling everything. And all of a sudden, we were stuck with 7,000 units. And I had no idea what we were going to do with them. I thought I had ruined our entire company. It was one of the worst days of my life. And I prayed and I prayed and prayed because there was no other opportunity like that. And then Lisa and I went out and saw QVC. And at our very first meeting with QVC, they tested the product, we did our sales pitch, and they said, can you excuse us for a moment? Lisa and I stepped out in the hall, and I didn't know QVC very well, but I said, what's going on in there? She said, I have no idea. And they called us back in, and they said, how soon could you have 7,500 of these speakers? And I said, funny enough, right away. And they were a little surprised, because they knew we were a young company, And that's when they said, we want to make you today's special value. And we ended up selling a whole lot of speakers. We did so well that they brought us back for Christmas. And for the Christmas season, we sold three times as many or four times as many. And it really put us on a path for success. And had that not happened to us, where the other retailer canceled their order, we would have never had the product for QVC. And QVC made our company. And it was hard fought and we worked really hard. And I'm so grateful to Lisa and for everybody that was involved. But the Lord knew. He knew what the path was for it. And sometimes our biggest trials can become our greatest joys. And were it not for that experience, I just, I have to learn this lesson over and over again. Unfortunately, I'm slow to learn it. And I know today for some of us might seem like the hardest day on earth, but we have to stay faithful. We have to believe that God has a plan for us, and it may be not till tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. It may not be till the next life, but our greatest sorrows will become our great joys. There is joy in the gospel. I'm so grateful for Lisa's example of that and all the trials she's been through, and I'm sure many that she continues, but that faithfulness, if we can all have it, there is salvation around the corner and the joy that can only come from the gospel. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're not following us on social media, please go check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, We can be found there. If you want to reach out to me directly, I'm at sean at latterdaylives.com. And we always appreciate if there's someone you think might enjoy this content, if you could share it with them, we'd appreciate it. That's about all that we have for you this week. So until we meet again, there is a great big beautiful world out there. Go be in it just not of it. Thanks for listening.